0: episode 12 of the Off-Brand Podcast, we were joined by Jasper Roos, a founding partner at Limpet who are a renowned international authority in the field of innovation, transformation and trends. As a contributor to over a hundred digital innovation and transformational projects throughout the world, Jasper found one common connection, the human element of innovation. His roles have included Chief Inspiration Officer and informally Chief Humour Officer, And it's this that brings a unique perspective about how any change within a business needs to put playfulness at the heart.
1: Really interested to talk to you today. So thanks for joining us. You know, you're now a founder of multiple companies. And I would definitely say you're an entrepreneur and fingers in many pies, stirring many pots. Um, working both in digital transformation within the Limpid and Co company, um, you've got also got a business called Human and Tech Institute, as well as doing this sort of innovation stickers element. So um, I'd really love to understand um, a bit more about your kind of life story and how you ended up um, kind of getting to be the man you are today.
0: So I, I, when I went to a, uh, before I went to university, I wanted to. I was doubting between two roles, well, like something like acting school and uh, which I could uh, voice myself. I could be like uh, the presenter I wanted to be. Uh, and to computer science, because it bridges two worlds of the economical and the non-economical people. So I was 18 back then, so I'm 44 years old. So we talk talking about the early nineties, uh, 94. And so in the end, I chose to go for computer science because according to my mother, I was not good enough at the creative arts. She's an artist herself. And she said like, it's a tough world outside. So, uh, I was the black sheep because I come from an artist family. Um, uh, she said, like, uh, you might not be good, You're too, you have different interests. So, I followed her advice and so I went to study computer science, which is like boring, Ooh. like <laughs> hell. Uh, but, nevertheless, I, I graduated from university with a master's diploma. And uh, so, I went into banking. So, my first assignment was in, in Panama for AMR Bank. AMR Bank was then the top 10 bank in the world. And I uh, was a big bank. So I first six, seven years was trying to survive as a banker, trying to be somebody I didn't want to be in the end. Uh, so I was wearing fancy suits and uh, just like uh, dressed up like Michael Douglas or like uh, from the Wall Street, uh, kind of, uh, uh, Wall Street kind of like movies yeah, with, uh, with everything that you would have. And with nice ties and stuff. And so, in 2007, I decided to break my uh, my life from that. So it was before the crisis, to 2006 and 2007. And I said I wanted to become something else because I was just like fed up with just playing that role of banker, just trying playing the role of an adult. And I realized it was not something for myself. So I had like lots of leadership trainings as a talent in the inside the big bank, uh, but just like I couldn't handle anymore that leadership was about. Uh, being open or like servant leader or what's transformative leader, all these, all these kind of roles. I thought that to myself, should be just a little bit more, as something more simplistic more simple uh, to life. Huh? So it's just like, why are we uh, humans connected? So this was one of my main questions I had to myself. So I first went into writing. So I wanted to launch my own uh, new series of books. As I've been writing books for, for all of my life, I want to create a new series of books and become the young Hemingway with young men of the sea and the sea. I clearly failed at that. Yeah, so I was trying to bring my ambitions that I had from the past as a banker, high, bold ambitions, bring them into something I, sh- I loved. And it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's, it's the same like asking to, ask to your partner, how do we make this life more perfect? How we we make it, uh, our relationship more better? It doesn't work like that. you create a bond not by saying these kind of things but you should create a bond by really caring about each other Mm -hmm. so the bank asked me back to to become like a head of innovation or head of like the the venturing and so uh, later they changed that into like a a title called chief inspiration officer and because it was more who i was and more like to be also my boss was the chief Dialogues officer, so that was like it's it jokes around yeah, and jokes about as well about the titles that we gave each other. But like the bank accepted this and said, like, you it's much more important that you inspire people, then you then you just try to lead people. Okay? So you, you try to give them a gentle push instead of like a like a gentle pull instead of like a big push. So connect to that is chief humor officer and innovation stickers, as a chief humor officer. And it was one of the things that I uh, arranged for when I was like take, taken back into like, the big mothership of, of the bank. I said, like I want to do research on like what people really connect to. And it was humor. So people laughed at me, said, like, you're crazy. Just like, hey, why are you? And I said, I want to talk to the other side, of the, take the other side of the stick and to see what works in practice. And so we laughed at each other, and I always had good relations with my customers, not because I followed the rules, but because I was joking around, being playful with them. So they trusted me in the things that I did. So I started a, a research project, chief human officer, still ongoing, with two universities in the Netherlands Rasmussen University in Rotterdam and the University of uh, Amsterdam. And uh, on the, so where, what we did was in practice studying the results of, for example, a slide in the office as to what happens. Or if you provoke somebody with a joke at the beginning of a meeting, uh, what effect does it have? What do people feel? What are... So these kind of things we did, which was very interesting, and very uncommon back then uh, in the world. Yes. So sticker, sticker stories connected to that. So I had to find like new stories for a member bank for like, so what is it, where is the future looking into? Uh, So uh, how do we get to, like, for example, crowdfunding? Uh, So the big stories from McKinsey, BCG, didn't talk about crowdfunding or like remittance or like other markets which now dominate the fintech markets. And I found them when I was researching the edgier markets of the the business of the bank uh, and edgier markets of where things are being done that are not allowed to. And for example, there was street art. So I did lots of street art everywhere around the world, from New York to Mexico, to London, to Amsterdam, to Berlin, to everywhere, Zurich, everywhere. Um, And so what you see in street art is that they're, uh, just because they like it, uh, they create a new future. They write down what they see. With the riots nowadays, Of course, you see a lot of like writings on the wall, what's saying, Black Lives Matter or like stop the racism. It's very interesting to understand like what's happening in the world right now. To look at those walls, so stickers are part of that. And so when I saw those stickers, I realized that it was like a lot of like elements that I could take into like the business. Mm -hmm. And stickers are interesting because I have like adhesive and non-adhesive stickers. Uh, but especially with adhesive stickers, people love them, but they freak out when they have to do this. And when I ask them, like, apply a sticker to your laptop, to, to the wall, they no, I can't do this because it's the facility management police or whatsoever. So I had to, uh, I had to find a way to, to, to do this. And within Chief Humor Officer, we used a lot of stickers for companies. And companies always asked us, can you do a full series for us? So later on, I found a company for this, specifically uh, on stickers, uh, and uh, it's called innovationstickers.com stickers.com uh, for people to buy stickers when they want them
1: <laughs> yeah, it's quite a full circle stickers are such a a manual printed item aren't they and and when you started your life out as a kind of computer <laughs> the computer side and and you I think your roles are really interesting because obviously at limpid and Co you know you're working on big digital transformations you're working on teaching people agile um, and sort of scrum and and all of these technologies and how how to push digital transformation forward in their business. But you're also, it's also very important to you, this human aspect and this getting everyone on the team and everyone innovating together and and being inspired by what's going on, um, which I think is really interesting. I think I'd be quite interested to understand for you, what what do you think about the word digital transformation?
0: Well, it, it's often used, yeah? uh, yes. put it like that. So, so I remember like in five, six years ago, they started to use this, uh, 2016, 15, they started to use this, became more en vogue. And we have to realise that these are just like uh, fashion terms. Uh, like 10, 15 years ago, it was innovation.
1: Yes.
0: Innovation was was the big buzzword. And there was the successor to the chief, and the chief innovation officer was like the, the homo homo universalis uh, to the uh, chief marketing officer, chief mm. HR officer. If you just put spread out all these copies from uh, Harvard Business Review, for example, you would see the different titles. And so now it was like chief innovation officer in 2015. You saw that there was just way too much business being poured on to, like the chief innovation officer. The innovation officer couldn't handle that. And with a lot of incremental, continuous improvement work, the innovation officer said, I'm not going to do that anymore. So I remember those days when the chief digital officer got promoted, responsible for the digital transformation. And so he or she became like the new Homo Universalis. And this what's, is what's going to happen with, of course, I am like, uh, sorry, what's going to happen with the theater transformation is too often used. So people will not like it anymore and will use a different term.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the question is, what is that new term?
1: Yeah, what is that That's new it. term? <laughs> yeah,
0: good question. Good. I think it has something with like in, inconvenience, I think. Yeah? So something with inconvenience or humanizing, yeah? the, the humanization of uh, the chief human yeah. officer might be a new term. So what you see is that digital will become ubiquitous or is already ubiquitous. And it falls, of course, into like a, a model of like uh, st- standard continuous improvement, which will always stay there. And, of course, they have taken over the innovation world of like uh, digital business models. But again, like all these digital business models of Uber and Alibaba or Airbnb, we now just see... It doesn't make any sense to say digital marketing anymore or marketing. It's mm-hmm. all marketing. I uh, wonder
1: it, it, if it's like the term, like some, some sort of it's something around human centric or like uh, yeah. uh, human first officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No,
0: these kind of things. So it's not HR, but it's a like human. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I find extremely interesting uh, is our words like anxiety, uh, fears that we have. Yeah, so anything which is the counter of convenience. Mm-hmm. And so what digital transformation has brought us was the whole market of convenience. It's a convenient to do so. I think now the market will be more about things that you have to to, to work hard for uh, and as being considered a human as well. It's uh, so a mm-hmm. very humanistic traits. Uh, and so I think it will have to do something with human, humanistic, human-centered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why, of course, I'm... Betting all, huh? I'm not betting the house, but betting the picture, but the, but the house. i the, the house on the on the human side, because I believe that this will be like the future forward uh, for item. So digital transformation will not die, but it will be less dominant uh, than it used to be.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's like um, it's very much a fashion term, but I feel that more and more yeah digital is now given I agree with your point on there and it is very much focused on this this human connection and I really find your angle quite interesting on actually is it that we need to be disrupted to 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 separate ourselves as businesses from each other is it that we need to do some to do something completely fresh and new it has to be something that's inconvenient whereas at the moment everyone's a bit like seamless customer journey like effortless you know across everything and it's very smooth and there's no touch points for fun for surprise so I find it really interesting that you've got this kind of angle about actually is there a sort of let's not have that smooth journey let's think about you know this even yes yeah yeah and I believe you do some lecturing around this as well um, yeah i
0: do yeah, yeah for, for years i've been doing this and uh, of course in the beginning people thought I was crazy because I was a little bit ahead of my time uh, and which is of course like part of the the fate of being a futurist uh, uh, that you're always a little bit too ahead, uh, to too too far ahead and as i say with a party too early is also not on time uh, so that, <laughs> yeah. so it's, diff- it's difficult to uh, maintain that position. Mm. Uh, so I'm happy right now uh, that uh, people started to recognize this. Uh, so, so one of my other businesses is called Playbook Toolkit, uh, which with some friends of mine I'm setting up, creating physical toolkits, physical games. So the interesting thing around this is, so you see like the uh, you, see, you saw the decline of bookshops for many years. Yes. And then it But if you look inside the bookshops. People buy books because they like it, but also uh, you see a lot of like, now uh, games inside of bookshops.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, because that's like a big business, smart games. Anything else that goes with, with gaming, with, uh, like board games, people like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm creating board games for B2B, yeah, like for really business kind of market, not uh, like uh, a game of life or risk or whatsoever i not, not making those kind of games, but making them to stake all the management whatsoever. But the whole reasoning behind this is that people want to have physical contact. Mm-hmm. People want to have provocations in the system. Uh, like, uh, and the people liked it. So, the, so once I got a resi- an assignment from IBM, the big computer company. Uh, so they had smoothened so much, they asked for some glitches in the system. <laughs> a little stand in the, in the engine. A little bit of like a little bit of provocation, uh, because it keeps people alert. It keeps people like awake that things you need to always improve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but just making it too smooth uh, is is not going to work.
1: What impact do you think the COVID pandemic will have?
0: I so I think that's the with progress. Huh? So we're in a stage, especially with with, with COVID. Uh, uh, so the world after COVID will be a uh, not a, uh, a country, a world of, uh, of perfection. It will be much more about progress,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we can't do progress and uh, trying to be perfect. And so that's, that's impossible. So we have to we have to understand that new system, and by understanding that new system, it just that which takes time, of course, to do so. Uh, so it, it just takes. We just need to understand how to do this better, and therefore also to, uh, to get more human interaction. Mm. And that's why I'm such a big fan of, like, I totally believe in, again, in getting technical capacity and capabilities of the system, yeah, the system that governs us. I love Google, I love, uh, not Facebook, I don't love them, but like the, I love the, all the tools which are out there to help us, but I don't feel there's much, I don't care about them anymore. IT has taught us in the last years everything should be scalable, everything should be big, everything should be like this podcast, right? it should have millions of viewers. But maybe one viewer is just enough. The one people who care, the one person who cares about this, it's enough.
1: Yeah, 100 percent agree with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very true. And I think that, I think actually, you know, underneath the hood, when you look at any business, every business is is pushed, particularly with businesses who've got mentors, to be like, how much are you going to grow by this year? How much are you going to, um, you know, increase your staff numbers by this year? Um, how much more more work are you going to get? Let's grow, 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 grow. And actually, sometimes that isn't the right solution is when we're, we're always looking at sort of financial gain and the company expansion gain, whereas we're not looking inside at the culture gains and the, actually how much of our teams talk to each other more this this year. <laughs> you know, none of these things are measured are they? And I think your board games would definitely do something to help that. Um especially in big corporate we work a lot in B2B. And um you know we constantly find that there's this challenge of um silos within big big you know especially with big businesses like not talking to each other and there's not this um sort of united um you know vibe of like oh we we all work for for x company and we're proud and we're passionate about it i think that that's the bits that are often missed and because businesses are so focused on how can we grow to this many more customers how can we save x amount of money and it starts losing that um human connection i guess you know yeah. of what you were saying about about people and what they want and you know killing killing culture and and I'd be interested to kind of understand some of your thoughts around the kind of the digital evolution and and how this through digital this becoming almost this barrier to sort of the humanness, the human connection. So one
0: thing I do know uh, is that as humans we communicate in, in multiple layers. We, as of course, there's the text that we communicate with, yeah? so the text that we type in or that we speak, but also the uh, the voice, uh, the, the sound of the voice, the smell, like the, this whole multisensoric experience is totally getting lost.
1: Mm. It's
0: totally getting lost. Yeah? So I'm not saying that I, I want to meet up people who smell like, uh, like uh, old dogs or, or <laughs> wet cats uh, you know, all the time, but it makes life real. Mm. It makes life real. Dinner without any smell, when you're just like we have a cold, non-COVID cold, of course. It's just like it it doesn't taste well. And so we're looking for ways to to be able to to be more multisensoric. And I think that this is again what you'll see in this inside the world, my prediction, is yes, of course, digital will grow even faster than it already is. Uh, and there will be like a base layer of like things that cannot be automated or digitalized. And uh, which is beautiful. Uh, so it's great that the Google of this world have, uh, uh, have been able to, uh, for, for me that I can I read an old uh, book from the ancient centuries, I can read it online as uh, they've done this. It's great stuff. But there's no value to that anymore. Uh, so I, I like it when it's just like, when it's, it has some value. And that's the actual dialogue that we should have. It's not about scale, uh, it's about value that you get out of this. And the reason why tech companies said, like, we want to have scale, because they knew there was no individual value per item. So that's why you need scale. Okay? But so mm-hmm. there's a different new model with COVID, especially as well. And we need to understand that we need to have, like, tourism will not go back to its old, uh, old days. And for people from the UK, they have to learn how to appreciate Ireland or Wales, or, or like uh, Scotland, yeah. <laughs> and, because you will not be able, in such a manner as it used to be, to go to the beaches of Spain and France or like uh, or Portugal. So we have to we have to reassess what we have, and I believe that multisensorism is like a key to that. We have nothing yet for the eyes, Google Glass, but it was no success. Nothing yet for the nose. Yeah, nothing yet for the taste. Yeah, so there's so much, so many things still to, to be gained. And so whether these will remain analog, uh, analog or they will go digital, huh, like earbuds, I don't know, I have no clue. But I think like it's, so there's enough grow, room to market yeah, and enough room to, to, to grow. Mm. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not sure which one will go first, but I'm, I'm Pretty
1: sure that it will be multi sensoric. Yes, yeah. And in your um, various projects that you've worked on, you know, you've kind of been involved in innovation and and change for quite some time now in a variety of roles. Have you ever faced um, any real challenges where just maybe like a company or a group of people that were just so resistant to any sort of change? um, Have you kind of managed to like break that down to get them? to feel a little bit more innovative and to kind of embrace the change
0: everybody is like has issues with change uh, it just depends on which side you are i even have issues with change as well if things don't change i have like a uh, i'm just always looking at can i change it mm. so chanel coco chanel made this wonderful quote you don't need to innovate forever uh, i want to create classics. I don't want to innovate for want to create classics. So let's say, so I think like, is, is it good for ourselves, business-wise and also as a person, to identify what is the, what is the classic part about ourselves?
1: Mm.
0: And what's the classic part that we say, that which is important to, uh, we understand that these are the parts that we want to stick to, and these are the parts that we can change. So, I stopped, I got out of like the digital business in 2017. So it took me like one and a half years to identify what I did want to have. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so in the beginning uh, beginning it took me some time to, um, uh, so I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous that I hadn't found my new business model yet. Because I said like anything but like uh, just having developers on board and designers on board whatsoever. And I got all the signs that hey developers and designers on board, that was the answer. And I said no, I don't want that. I want something different. I want something different. So it took me, so uh, until the moment I got really like nervous and like, a little bit desperate, I then realized that this is what I want. Then finally it went back to, to normal again. So, uh, so I became successful in the things that I wanted to do, uh, with my terms of success, uh, so my conditions of success. Uh, uh, but it took me a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's happening that people are just when they want to move over things, they just hey, uh, like, we can do it like in the snapper of the finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, typically it's when you have a real transformation, it's not like that. You need to transform. Um, yeah, it just takes
1: time. And what do you think the future holds for digital?
0: So I think like uh, the tool, uh, uh, digital is just a tool, it's not a solution. Uh, and also digital is just a phase.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, so an easiness or a humanism or like inconvenience, uh, th- that will become like the next phase. Uh, mm. that will be, so there's a a little story that I invented some time ago to explain something, it's called like the... Uh, the tail of the highest tower. and uh, so the highest tower is like the uh, highest tower in the village that uh, dominates like the worldview. Uh, so the higher the tower, the, the higher the dominance. So it used to be the churches and the gods. Uh, so the churches used to be of course the dominant party, like the Pope, like the, the churches uh, whether it was Islam or uh, Jewish or like, Catholic or whatsoever, Christianity, yeah, so those were like the ones at a church was never you were never allowed to make higher buildings and so fast forward hundreds of years you saw industrialism yeah, so the biggest guys and um, uh, men in the world were like industrialists yeah, and so they created the worldview they were the Rockefellers of this time yeah, like uh, or the the Morgans or whatsoever uh, creating the worldview and also deciding what is good or not good mm. Later became the banks, huh? financial institutions. Get rich by trying. So, uh, so banks were also like very much like in charge. Now it's tech, and now we have in the last twenty years we've seen the rise and not the fall yet of uh, of the tech, or technology or digital, whatever you call it. And I think that the tech dominance will last for at least another ten years, but I think it's also like it will uh, it will take much more time. Uh, for ourselves to uh, to be able to uh, to understand what a new world is, but I think it has to do something with uneasiness, humanism. And mm. uh, I think when we start to so, I would if I had hundred people in my team, I would do ninety people still focusing on tech, on digital whatsoever, but ten, maybe fifteen people already on that new market.
1: Yeah, yeah, looking ahead, thinking what's next, being aware.
0: Think about net, probing yeah, and then seeing what's, what's there. Maybe already it's up to the level of 2025 20, yeah, of the hundred people. So it's not there's not a balance yet between the two.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that people will so everywhere I show those stickers, everywhere I show those games, people like it. Yeah. People want to have it. People yeah. want to have it and take it in the hands. Because it's so special to have something in your hands nowadays. Mm. And that they have their own coding on this. Uh, so that it's, it's just amazing to see what the result is of the people who are so happy with that.
1: It's a bit like if you receive a handwritten letter, it suddenly feels yeah. like, oh. our, what, it stands out so much, doesn't it? That, you know, it's not an email, it's a handwritten letter. Whoa.
0: Yeah. <laughs> kind guard of cigar Boris Johnson. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's, technically, that, that's a perfect intervention inside the organisation. It's provocative it's like you know for sure that people have handwritten this it takes some time and they put time and love into this and they've made yeah. mistakes maybe and so you don't need to send out a thousand emails which an email is way more efficient but it's not effective so mm. mm. so you want to have the handwritten letter you will have forever and so the emails which are probably automated So it's it's just like, indeed what you're saying, handwritten emails are just like, uh, handwritten mails are just like uh, perfect.
1: Yeah. So the ultimate question is, you're stuck in Slough for four hours uh, with no laptop and no phone and no internet connection. Um, What do you do for four hours to spend your time until you can leave Slough?
0: I would just walk around and um, start just to sit down and look at people. Yeah, so I just walk around, uh, just like finding myself a nice spot, and uh, can just look at people. Maybe the bus stop, or next to the church, or like uh, into the, the walking street, uh, like the um, main street, and just like then look at people.
1: Cool, but people watching.
0: Yeah, yeah like the uh, people spotter's guide.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, just, like, <laughs> trying to spot people.
1: Cool, great answer. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jasper. It's been a really insightful conversation.
0: Well, Vicky, I think I would just like to thank you as well. And I hope I didn't make too many dinglish jokes. (laughs) uh, uh, But I really like it because I really think it's important that we all together think about the future uh, and not in the most like normal analog ways, uh, but also like in some new kind of ways of like, which are not like, which are new and which are different. And as the saying goes, Different is not always better. Better is always different.